Okay, people. So, rain dance. You know what I mean? It is. It's here. Now, people, this has been. It's been a weird situation for me. I was really looking forward to rain dance this year. You know, just because rain dance, it, it has this just really kind of world view on what they put out, you know? And, and I find that interesting because you're a, look, I love the BFI Film Festival and all of that, but yeah, the content definitely looks different and that's good. I like festivals where, you know, you do get to view just different stuff and it's not just the same stuff regurgitated, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I had I have, my application. It, it got it went in a little late. I ain't gonna lie, it went in a little late. So I missed the first couple of days, and then my boiler just went insane. So I had to have plumbers in, and that just took. I thought it might be just half a day. Your plumbers in three motherfuckers. So I'm basically missed. Fucking rain dance. I was able though to check out a couple of films in a short. You know I mean? So um yeah, I'm gonna bring you those films and a conversation with the director of that short. So it's not the coverage I was hoping to bring you people, but it's something. You know what I mean? It's something and hopefully you enjoy it. Okay, so um yeah, let's get into things. Did feel kind of right to put on a little deep forest. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it seemed to fit. So yeah, people, let's go, okay? Okay, people, so we're gonna start this off with um, a film that was it's nominated for Best British Film at the Festival and all of that shenanigans. It is a bird flew in. Okay, people, so, um, you know what? I decided to check out a bird flew in. Now, I will say, I wasn't sure what it was about, you know, but it was, you know, black and white, it looked very classy from the picture, and, uh, you know, you always give different things a view, right? Uh, now, it then turned out to be a COVID film, right? And obviously, right, so, you know, when they talk about it in, in the press notes and everything like that, they, you know, it's not a COVID film. We're not dealing with statistics. You know, all of that is dealing with, you know, how it affects people. But it's a film about being in lockdown, right? Now, I normally avoid those. But, you know, I figured, all right, well, let's see. Because, you know, I was surprised by, um, I think it was, was it Ari and Ava? Ari and Ava, right, at uh, the London Film Festival, which, hey, again, dealt with lockdown, but it was so nice. You know what I mean? So you go into these things open-minded because you never know what's going to happen. 
You know what I mean? So um, the gist of this, okay? So it is directed by Kirsty Bell, right? Kirsty Bell directed it. Um, it is written by, ugh, you know what I mean? Like you, you have the information and then you lose the information and it's just so embarrassing. <laughs> Oh dear, but um, yeah, anyway, anyway, right, it is, people, apologies, it is written by Dominic Wells and Elizabeth Morris, okay, so yeah, they, they took care of that element of things, which, you know, and I, you know, I will point out, it is the directorial debut of Kirsty Bell, you know, so I, I think that's always, uh, yeah, it's always a little impressive, you know, people stepping out of their comfort zones and doing something a little bit different, um, yeah, Ben Charles is a producer on the piece, with Sergio uh, Delagada. Um, no, Sergio actually is the director of photography. Um, Philip Martinez is an executive producer. Um, yeah. I mean, um, who else have we got here? Okay. It's edited by John Smith. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now we have um, our cast, which is Derek Jacoby, Jeff Faye, Sadie Frost, Camilla Rutherford, uh, Morgana Robinson, Sophia Kennedy Clark. Francis Baba, Julie Dre, uh, Daniel Ward, and uh, Michael Winder. Okay, so yes, that is uh, everybody involved with the piece. Yeah, which, yeah, not a bad, say, you mean, selection of talented individuals, people. Now, the gist of the film is this. When the COVID-19 lockdown is announced, the entire cast and crew of a feature film are sent home alone. With seven interlinked narratives, a bird flew in, examines what happens when we are freed from external distractions and forced to find a meaning in our life loves and lives so uh, yes there you go there you go um oh i will say also um the music is by al joshua and angus collins you know uh which i, I there is a, a song that is kind of going throughout the piece. 
I don't know who sung that song. I don't know what the song is called. I can't find that information anywhere. But yeah, there is a song. <laughs> now, I think it's interesting, you know, um, what is said about the film, right? Because I, I, I do think it... Um, I, I, I think it plays into, you know, I, I think it gives it an example of what they're trying to do, you know? I mean, the film is shot in black and white, right? Um, they call it the Versti style. I have no clue what that means. <laughs> I don't know, people. I could lie and try and be like, oh, yeah, oh, the Versti style. Oh, that's one of my favorites. <laughs> but no, I don't know. I have no clue. But um, yes, so this is what is said, right? So this is from Kirsty Bell herself. Whilst the film was creatively conceived as a result of lockdown. Now, they also say that it is, it was um, one of the first films shot after the pandemic erupted, which... I think that plays into things as well, you know what I mean? But it says, yes, whilst the film was creatively conceived as a result of lockdown, its narrative and interwoven vignettes rather discovers what happens in isolation and emotions are enforced in a pressure cooker environment. I wasn't looking to explore the statistics or the pandemic, but rather focus on the personal the people and how their relationships were impacted. The film is born out of a pandemic, but focuses on hearts and minds. And that's why its force resonates with us all. Yes. So it says 12 protagonists are explored and spied on up close and personal, their lives put under a microscope for all to see. They all are neither extraordinary or ordinary. They are simply just people who we follow. So, yeah, that's what um, is kind of said about the film. And, yeah, I mean, I, I think for me that explains a lot it explains a lot right now looking at the film it looks very nice you know what i mean it, it looks very nice it's very clean in how it's shot right um and i you know i i think we get we get a, a decent focus on all involved, right? Uh, the different actors and actresses in the scenes, like the scenes are constructed well. Everything is handled well in that regard, right? Now, I like. I think it, it probably resonated with me differently, right? Just because lockdown was a bitch. Was a bitch in the fact that, you know what I mean? I got made redundant, right? Yeah, you, you know, I, I, I was ill. It could have been a lot better. You know what I mean? 
could have been a lot better. Now, I did do a lot of great interviews, right, which you you have all heard. You know, so we got to, you know, put out some, yeah, fun stuff. But, yeah, it, you know what I mean? It, it, like, it wasn't always the best. It wasn't always the best. So it opens up and you just, as I said, like, there's this song. There's this song playing for at least the first eight, nine minutes, right? And it's, you know, not really subtle. You know, it's pretty loud. And there's lyrics. It's not like it's just a, you know, a, a beat, a rhythm, you know what I mean? A melody. It's someone singing. And it's just, I found it very grating, you know? Uh, so we see at the beginning. Now, it's a bit weird, because on that description, you know, it says, oh, yes, the cast and the crew and everyone is sent home from a film. But from how we view it at the beginning, the, the film shoot is finished, right? They managed to get all their shots. That's how they put it, right? It's like, it's finished. Now, all they got to do is the, is the editing part of it. But the filming... That was done. Now they did, yeah, there is mention of oh, we had to change some scenes and blah 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 because people being stranded in different places. But other than that, so it's not essentially like everyone sent home mid-film, right? Which I think mm, that's a bit, you know. Because I think that is a different situation as well, right? Because if you finished a film, now you might be like, ah, oh, man, we don't get a rap party and we don't get to hang out and, you know, just those sort of things. But if you've, like, you know, oh, shit, I still had scenes, right? That's going to fuck with you in a different way. Be like, fuck, like, am I going to remember how I played the character? Like, oh, can I remember, like, the script? Like, is the chemistry going to be, and, you know, there's all those things that I feel would play into it if that was the case, you know? But that isn't. Now, we're following these different people, but I didn't feel any connection to anyone. You know, like, there's no real depth to any of these characters, you know? Like, look, there's people that are, you know, the beginning of attractions and couples splitting and other weird situations, you know, a supposed breakdown. So there's all of these different things going on. But I don't feel we sat with anyone long enough or really kind of got into it. Like, you know, if there's one couple and one's cheating and it's just all a mess and all of this, but it's just a bit like, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, I, I just thought that was a, it was a shame. You know, like, um, there's a lot being said, right? There, I think we're following a, a couple, Peter and um, Marie? I think it's Peter and Marie and their situation, right? But every time, you know, we, we have Peter and he's a writer, right? And he's like, oh, I want to write her a letter, but I don't know how to write. I look at the moon 
and the glitter on it resonates as I view the city landscape. And I wonder, is Marie waiting for me? Do you think of me? Oh, my heart, it beats it full, but I don't know. You're just like, shut the fuck up, man. You're just like, that's, that's not how you would be thinking. Now, you might write that as a scene, right? As the narrative of a scene. Be like, okay, so this is where the character is. And, you know, he's very melancholy. and rah, 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 rah. But your internal monologue, right? Even when, right? Sometimes you do think in certain ways, but then you also go like, yo, what the fuck am I doing, man? Fuck. I can't believe this shit. I should just do. And so it didn't feel natural, right? And that seemed to be a big thing going through. There's all these situations, but they didn't necessarily feel natural, you know? Right? We, we got another guy who we see come home, come home, still wearing a mask. And it's just like, you know, I, I yes, some people wore the mask walking around outside. A lot of people didn't because it's just like, it's not like it's mad comfy, especially at the beginning, because you didn't know what to wear. And blah, blah, blah. So the mask they were saying, they weren't necessarily the most comfortable masks, you know? And um, yeah, glasses get steamed up. It's just, you know, so you're outside taking that fucker off. But we have him come into the house with the mask on, take the mask off. And then you constantly were seeing him using sanitizer in the house. I'm like, you, you've got soap and water. You've got taps. You're not using sanitizer in the fucking house. If you're outside, I get it. In your house? Right? There's a scene where he uses sanitizer and then he pours himself some cereal. And it's just like, come on, man. Like, what are, what are we doing here? Like, what the fuck is this? This is some stupid ass shit. Also with this character, there's some weird voyeury bullshit going on. Right? He, he, he's spying on his ex. So we have all of this and there's, and he's doing it. He's got, there seems to be cameras in every single room. Not nothing's explained how that happened, but yeah, cameras in every room. And there's a scene where she goes into her bedroom and she starts to get ready. For, she's getting ready for bed and she like, she's taking off her t-shirt. Now she's got a bra underneath, right? But we see her taking off the t-shirt and he covers his eyes and turns away. And you're like, fuck off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fuck off. What the fucking, right. He is spying on her 24 seven, right? So don't try and act like, oh, he's going to cover his eyes when she's getting ready for bed, right? Because he's already crossed a line. He's not going to be like, oh, I, I can't spy on her getting naked, right? Firstly, they dated. So he's seen her naked. 
right? There's that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Secondly, he's already a weirdo spying on her. So he's, yeah, it, it's just, it was just this stupidness. And you're just like, no, that's not a thing. It's not a thing. Because if, if he has remorse, if he has doubt, if he has concerns, we would hear him voicing that. Because there was never, you know, he puts on the cameras, opens up his computer and he's like, oh man, should I be, I, I don't want to do this, but oh God, I miss her so much. Or, like, there's not that, right? Now, if, if he's saying things like that, then I might believe he's going to turn away. Otherwise, nah, nah, don't believe it, man. I don't believe it. And again, you know, it, it, it's this, uh, I hate the word authentic because it's always just like, what does that mean though? Right? Because unless you know someone's base levels, how you be like, oh, that's so authentic. Or it's just like, shut the fuck up, man. But no one's acting in a natural way. You know what I mean? I think that's a better one. No one's acting how people react. You know, it's, it's, it's like, and listen, I'm going to say this now. It might not be true, right? I will say that it might not be true because I don't know anyone's situation, but this does feel right. I'm just saying it does feel like a lot of people that maybe in better situations than a lot of people right, in what they could do, right, the spaces they inhabited during this period, and so they've heard about some people's struggles and concerns, and it's like, oh, oh, so some people were, oh, interesting, oh, well, okay, let's write a character like that, Yes, yes, yes. Oh, what would it be like to be trapped in a small space? Which none of them are, right? Even a couple who are having some situation, like she's like, get out, get out. You're, you're, you're cramping me in this large motherfucking house. You know what I mean? It's just like, all right, come on, man. Come on. You know, so there's a lot of this. And then they're just, saying a lot of these things that were said at the time. Like, after every conversation, it's like, okay, be safe. You know, be safe. Keep what... And he's like, yo, if someone's in their fucking house, I'm not saying be safe. Like, you know what I mean? If, if you're, you're telling me, yo, i got to go to work, and it's like the trains are packed, and everyone's coughing, and it's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, Yo, take care of yourself, man. You know what I mean? Don't put yourself in danger, all right? Take care of yourself. But if you're in your fucking house, it's just like, okay, all right, I'll check you later. You know what I mean? It's just like, let's keep talking so we don't go crazy, right? Let's let's look after our mental health, but be safe. Now, I might be a cynical arsehole, okay? I might just be an arsehole. <laughs> but yeah, it was just these weird things. So yeah, the film doesn't, you know, there's another thing of someone 
supposedly on a, a downward spiral, right? And they're talking to a, their teddy bear. But just in that, again, it it felt like, okay, so, uh, so people kind of are talking to inanimate objects. Hmm. I, we need to try and capture that. And so it was just like, oh, teddy. Oh, it's just like, oh, fuck. This is so dumb. It just doesn't feel real. You know, and it's a scene where she's just like, Huh? Oh, Teddy, you're looking at the clock? Oh, time means nothing. No one remembers the day or the week or the... But, and you're just like... Okay. You know, and then there's bits in between the film where they put in, like, uh, radio callings. And you were like, well, I'm not worried about me. I'm worrying about my children. My children's children. Be like, your children, fuck off. You know what I mean? Be like, what if my, my children have children? What kind of world will they grow up in? Be like, no. Like, no one was, is, was ever looking and going, well, this is going to last centuries. It's preposterous. I, it, it just, I don't know. And, but, I will say, right? It was filmed at the, you know, they're saying they conceded at early on in lockdown. And I just think there was a lot of people, and we've seen these films and documentaries where they they were like, oh, I, oh, this is what I'm gonna rush and get something out there. And it's just like, yo, all right, well, sit on it. Like, under, understand your feelings. Don't rush this shit and be like, oh, well, this is the sentiment and this is how, oh, and you know what I mean? This is just, because you, you then push something out that just doesn't seem to fit, right? Now, we see people making video calls. And one thing, it's just like, if you're having a video call, you're going to notice if someone's walked off Right, or it's like you again, you're gonna be like, Oh, I better, you know, I can't have this in the background, or I better put a shirt, or like there's certain things that you understand. It's not like, Oh, this was the first time everyone did video go. No, we've been doing fucking video calls for years, you know what I mean? It's not a new thing, but yeah, they, they just play it like some of these people just don't, ugh, ugh. Man, yeah, it didn't work for me. I didn't like it. But, as I said, you know, I, I think how you digest this is how lockdown maybe was for you. You know what I mean? If shit was fine, if you kept your job, or at least you were furloughed and the money situation wasn't bad, you know, it's going to ring differently, you know? So, as I said... It's not, it doesn't look bad. It looks very well done, you know? It's just script-wise, I just didn't really feel it, it worked. Like, nothing felt like real situation. Because it's not like I've been in a fucking bubble. I've spoken to a whole heap of people, 
some of those hey, we've shared on here, right? And so it's just like, you understand people's experiences and how different people, like, man, a lot of my friends, they had different like different ways they coped and dealt with shit. So it's not like you're like, oh, no, everyone has to act like this. No, I've, I've seen the whole cornucopia. And this, it just didn't really coalesce. But as I said, depends on how you experienced it. So, yeah, people, um, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't know if there's just one screening in rain dance or maybe there's going to be more i don't know but we'll, we'll see we'll see if you catch it boom you know if it's there and you see it maybe go give it a look see how you feel about these things you know because yeah this is just me right these are my motherfucking thoughts man it doesn't mean it's a bad film right and it doesn't mean you won't enjoy it but just you know this is how i'm coming at it Okay, so make your own opinions, you know, do your thing. And uh, yeah, a bird flew in. I mean, I kind of think Alone, the original title, it, it, it kind of more embodies the film. But I guess a bird flew in might be a quote from something. I don't know. I don't know, people. But there you go. That's what it's called. A bird flew in. Okay, people, and next up, I think this is a Canadian one, right? But it, yeah, it was a little romantic oddness called Awesome. All right, people, so, um, yeah, all sorts, right? This is, oh, who is it by? It's the new film from J. Rich uh, Kastenda, right? He wrote and directed the piece. Um, oh, man, who else worked on this one? Boy, he's got a big cast. I mean, there's a lot of extras and all of that kind of thing going on, which is understandable, you know what I mean? But, um... Yeah, it is produced by Laura Rich or Reich, um, Omar Kenawi, um, and Sophie Gutierrez Perez co produced. All right, um, Aza Tate is an executive producer on it. Um, you have Nick Jainer doing the music, right? David Carstens uh, handles the cinematography. Um, you've got Arta Marie Powers and Gabriel Louise Powers handling production design. Uh, Mary... Oh, Ooh, Wabasari handles art di direction. Uh, Carol Matthews, you know, she's uh, makeup, right? And our cast, our cast. Well, 
Um, yeah, let's try and find an order to this. Because, yeah, there's a, I mean, it's a small cast, but a big cast. You know what I mean? Like the main peoples, there's a, a few. But then just everyone else involved in the piece, right? So we have a God damn. Allergies, people. Allergies. Ellie Vargas is Diego. Uh, Grenna Park, I think that's how you say it, is June. Um, Louise Davis is Vasquez, the boss. Mike Markoff is Jason. Uh, we have got um, Michael Ardal is the scorekeeper's assistant. Um, There are some other people. Dwayne uh, Bartholomew is the ring announcer. Um, Adam Boyer, he worked in the office. Ben uh, Bula is Randy. Clayton Boozy is Albert. Um, uh, I mean, I think that's probably, <laughs> you know, Michaela Serrano, she works in the office. Uh, Stephen Sereno is Gary. Um, Danol Daly is Ed. Uh, Christopher Duggar is Hans. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of people off in the face, and Angel Garcia is Vic. You know. I, I think that's probably, probably, um, all right, Heidi Hain Spidell is Lady Evelyn, yeah, that, 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 that's our, kind of, our main crew, apologies, people, <laughs> ah, fuck, okay, so, the gist of the film, Okay, well, it is a little something like this, right? So let's try and all right. Okay. So, Diego is desperate for a job, for excitement, for love, when he gets hired to work 
by Vasquez, the absurd boss who loves data but can't type. Diego finds himself in the strange, strange land of Data Mart. There he meets June, an incredibly fast filer. And as the two make their way into the secret world of underground filing, things will never be the same again. Diego agrees to be her coach and manager. And as June rises up through the underground filing ranks, the two begin to fall for each other. But do they really have a shot or are they just fooling themselves? Bum, bum, bum. So, uh, yeah, there you go. That, that, I mean, that's the gist of it, people. That is the gist. And it's an, uh, you know what I mean? I think it's an interesting piece, right? Because I will say, you know, on all, I, yeah, I did enjoy this film. Right, it's odd. It's odd. There's like I think from the title, you think all sorts. Hmm. What like what does that kind of throw up to you? I mean, you kind of think it's like, does it take all sorts? Is that what it's saying? Because I don't know. On paper, you kind of think Diego and June, like you might not put them together, right? So is it that? But then I think the food, the film, and you know the whole filing thing. So sorts, sorting things, filing—that probably is it. Who knows? But yeah, you try and get you know a gauge of it from that, and you can't, right? So you're watching the film, and it's quirky to say the least, right? Quirky to say the least, you know. Um, like Diego, as I said, look, he's looking for a job. He goes and, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, I can type. What is it like? Oh, man. I say 50 words a minute. Something like that. Right. And like, and he's super fast, impresses his boss. But it's, it's hard to really tell what the fuck they do. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because that's the thing, right? On a day-to-day, right, nothing really happens in the office, right? We see people sitting around kind of thing and, and all of that. Who really knows? Who really knows what goes down in the office, right? But what we do see, what we do see are these bonds, right, and this camaraderie grow, you know, at first he doesn't have a computer, you know, he's trying to find his way, people don't talk to him, but, you know, as time goes on, you know, he, it seems like he's, he settles into things, you know, and, and, and things develop from there, and there's fun stuff, right, like bells, and does all of this kind of thing, and you're like, yeah, no, I enjoyed that, right, this quirky weirdness that's interjected in the film, so that, that all plays out well, <laughs> you know what I mean, but yeah, it is, there are random shit, like, there's a, something that happens at literally the very start of the film, 
we're a filing cabinet that gets like gets ignored. <laughs> the answer to that we get in an end credit scene. Because here's the thing: there's, I think, what I think there's like three end of credit scenes. So you just watch it all the way through and stick around because you get these little, just little Easter eggs at the very end. Now, they're not a life-changing, but, you know, they're a nice little aside, right? But, yeah, there's this weird thing that isn't answered until then. So I think as you watch the film, you do kind of think, what is this? Like, is it sci-fi? Like, is it, like, what is it? Because some things that happen are very weird and out there, but have no real effect to the story. You know what I mean? But you kind of think, wait, are we going to go into some zombie thing or go into some, like, slasher? Or, like, what is this going to become? Like, what is it? But it doesn't. You know, they're just... It's just these weird quirks, as it were. You know, like, there's stuff that makes no real sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no real sense. Like, how Diego gets up into the uh, ventilation system, right? All of that doesn't really make any sense. But it's fine. Because what leads from that? Right, what leads from that is these conversations and this identification of what Diego wants, right? And, and that is at the heart of it, like this whole situation between Diego, um, I'd say himself, right? June and herself, right? Because I think we have them connecting, but then we have them also finding themselves you know it's like an exploration of self-worth confidence you know love right all of those things are mixed up in this very odd tale but i will say i ain't seen a tale like this before right you know what i mean yes we have people working in the office but it's the other aspect of it right? Not seeing that. So that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it interesting. And, you know, as I said, look, on paper, you might think, ah, June and Diego? I don't know. But it is, you did feel this connection between them in the film, right? I, I think the people moment worked. Right? Look, it's quirky, it's weird, you know, there is, a, like, a lot of odd stuff, like, with Vasquez, and, you know, monitors, and just all of that kind of stuff, some of it, you're just like, like, really, I mean, like, can someone really think that, that's insane, but, although, yeah, you, you'd be like, ah, no, man, it doesn't hurt the film, you know, you, you are kind of like, all right, let's go with it. You know, because I think you, you are kind of sucked in to this 
weird esoteric ride that these motherfuckers are on, you know? And you want to know, how is this going to turn out, right? What's going to happen in the end? Yeah, and they do play around with the narrative in the effect of who's telling this story, you know? They do play with that a little. But yeah, you 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 are watching this thing, and there's things that aren't always answered, right? They 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 throw a new co-worker in the mix with no real introduction, backstory, like we know nothing about her, you know, which is like although I will say I very I did very much enjoy the film. There isn't a lot of depth to a lot of these characters you know what i mean so there 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 is that but as i said look it, it doesn't necessarily hurt the film because the way it's all woven together and everything else that is going on you know so yeah it's interesting right it's interesting i will say you know as i said look it's one of those things where you kind of be like, yeah, I haven't really seen this. You know, office space, right? You might go, you might put some similarities to like office space or maybe employee of the year, you know, which I think I prefer this to that, right? But it's still not those films, Right, it, it still has this unique charm of its own, which is great. Because I, I, I think without that, this, meh, you wouldn't really care. But it has this weird charm, this whole filing thing. The these characters trying to find their way, you know, which does indeed, and it and it keeps you gripped it keeps you to the end trying to find out what happens so um yeah it you know obviously it was playing during rain dance and um i don't know i i don't have any other you know distribution details or anything but hey if you see it i would say it's it's worth a look right it's definitely worth a look and it will be interesting to see what these cats do next, you know? I'm intrigued, people. I'm intrigued. So people, as I said, look, if you get a chance, check out all sorts, because frankly, it takes all sorts to do this shit, all right? And they did it well. They did do it well. And Okay, people, and a little treat for you. As I mentioned, right, it's a short film called She Left Me, and we sit down with its director, the very talented Charme Mitchell. Enjoy. Okay, people. So, as promised, you know what I mean? Because, hey, the rain dance coverage got a little bit scrambled, but... You know, we sprinkle in a little bit something special, and that special thing is the young, the talented Charmaine Mitchell. Charmaine, 
welcome to the podcast thank you for stopping by mad appreciate it so um listen, thank you very much all... for inviting me hey no worries at all i appreciate the time but amongst all the things that you've been doing and it looks like you've been doing a lot you had a little short playing at the rain dance i did you know I, mean? it, I did it was a stop motion short only five minutes long Hey, um, you know, it's not always about that. Time. I made last year. Yeah, I mean, hey, stand up and applause. Well done for that. Well done for that. And it's called the foxes, right? Right. So, um, so yeah, yeah, the characters are called the foxes, but the actual thing is called "She Left Me." Uh huh. I thought that was Chapter Two's title, but uh, that's cool. That's so, cool. so yeah, the, the actual episode is called She Left Me, but the um, the characters are called the foxes. Mm -hmm. So where did this idea come from? You know what I mean? To mess around with foxes rather so than humans. Two... So um, I like animals. I like um, creating little plasticine characters. And um, in 2020, I did a stop motion online course um, run by InAnimators. And they, they were teaching people how to make stop motion videos. And part of that was to come up with a project at the end where um, all the people who were on the course had to make something short. So I ended up making a video about um, foxes. Uh, it was supposed to be a video about something else, but then um, oh, we are having technical man. Wi-Fi can be such a pain in the caboose at times, but uh, you know, I'm sure Charmaine will be with us shortly and um, fill us in on that whole fox situation. Ah. Yeah, we lost you, kid. So um, you, you were saying you did the stop motion course and you did the foxes yes. piece. Because I, I thought the end of your course was um, rapping dinos. So, um, all right, so it was foxes, actually. So the I did do um, rapping dinosaurs, but then I also had the idea of the foxes. I had a few ideas at the same time, but it was that um, stop motion course that kind of inspired me wanting to make more stop motion videos. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I also did the, the dinosaur. <laughs> so like, what was it about stop motion? What attracted you to that medium? Was it anything like, you know, the great Harry, the Harry Hassel, I always mess up his last name, but you know what I mean? I had a Sinbad, I had a Tiger, Clash of the Titans, Jason and the Argonaut, classic films. And you got Wallace and Gromit, obviously. You know what I mean? But like, what was it that drew you to stop motion? So a friend of mine, her nephew made a stop motion video using um, a free app on his mum's phone. And she showed it to me and I was like, wow, if a six year old can make this, what can I make out of it? So I decided to download the app. It's called Stop Motion Studio and you, anyone can download it for free. And it basically allows you to take lots of different frames and 
just make your own stop motion video. Um, it was pretty simple to do, you just need lots of patience. And so that was what mainly inspired me to do that. But I also, um, I like the film, I Love Dogs. Wiz Anderson, was um, that Wiz? Sorry? Was that Wiz Anderson? Um, I don't know who made it. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm really <laughs> bad with who made films. <laughs> I didn't even know the maker of um, Wallace and Gromit until someone told me like a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm not particularly inspired by things that were on screen. I was inspired by a six-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's all good. Hey, did you give him a shout out in the credits? I oh my god! <laughs> yeah, take an idea from now. a six-year-old, and yeah, don't shout them out <sighs> from the mouth of babes, indeed. <laughs> I will, you know, I'm shouting out now. For my friend's nephew. <laughs> hey, let's just hope that little man. Does not get a lawyer. No, fingers crossed and all that. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I didn't plagiarize anything. It was just the overall idea. Okay. All right. We'll go with that story. It's cool. All right. So you did the Fox Show for your course. And did you build on that story for this, or is this completely new from that? Hmm. And she's frozen again, but very intriguing, right? I didn't know there was a stop motion act. People. I didn't. I didn't hear what you just said because I disappeared. Yes, for yes you did. <laughs> Thirty seconds. So no, I, I was just wondering. So did this come from that? project at the end of the course or is this something new with those fox characters um so it was so it was at the end of the course um and i just anyway um so i decided at the end of the course i wanted to make more of the fox videos um so i think i've made about four or five different episodes involving the fox now. Um, and I have lots of ideas to make more of them, but I just don't have time at the moment because it takes such a long time to make the stop motion videos. Um, I don't know if you could hear me again. I can see you again now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we can hear you. It's all good. <laughs> so how much time does it actually um, take? How much time does it take? Mm -hmm. Um, it takes. Boy, either she's thinking, or I think Charmaine is frozen again, people. But, you know, we will have her back shortly um, to fill this in. All right, so you froze. And um, yeah, yeah, we were wondering if it just was taking you a long time to think how long it took or if, um, yeah. Oh no, I was talking, <laughs> but I couldn't see you. So I didn't know whether you could actually hear me or not. <laughs> no. Okay, you can hear yes, me now. you're golden now. Okay. All right, so how long did right. it take? Um, so usually an episode takes about 
a weekend to make and I'll usually work like straight through the weekend. Um, I only use natural light because I haven't figured out how to use proper lights yet because it just looks weird when I have a light on, on the characters. Boy, the, uh, the internet is not feeling us right now, people, which, um, yeah, it's a little frustrating. But I, I feel this is very interesting, right? And I think you're getting you're getting a gist when um we get Charme back. Hey, you're back. I I disappeared again for 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Does this happen all the time? Yeah. It's just your internet. It's killing it's... Us. <laughs> okay. <Oops. laughs> oh dear. It's all right, it's all right. You know what I mean? <laughs> um so yeah, it takes about it takes it takes about a weekend to make and edit because I have to sh I have to like take lots and lots of different photos mm -hmm. and then move the characters a tiny bit and then take another photo, same thing again and again and again. And I always take more frames than I need so that I can delete and get rid of things rather than having to um, watch it through and find that I haven't got enough frames because it would be impossible to put the characters back yes. in exactly the same places. Um, so. It does take a long time, but it depends how long the video is going to be and also how many frames per second I use as well. I usually use, I think, 12 frames per second. Okay. Huh. Now, do you have to take the photos with the app? Can you hear me? Because I... Oh. Oh, we're just getting into it. We're just getting into it, people. But... We, we will have her back shortly. So um, it's a bit like stop motion, this, isn't it? <laughs> uh, oh, dear, oh, dear. But, um, yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. I'm back. You are. So I was just asking, do you have to use the app yes. to take the photos or do you use something else and upload the photos to the app? So yeah, I have to I have to take the photos in app. Um, it won't let me um, put, bring photos from outside of the app into the app. So the app is open while I'm taking photos. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Now, when you're conceiving the story, do you storyboard it? Or are you just you know writing out with notes, or is because it's you doing it all? It's just stored up in the cranium as it were so no i usually do um, have a story board just so that i know roughly um what i want to do and also that lets me know roughly how long it's going to take as well and what's how many scenes i'm going to have and i'm going to what props i'm going to need to create so that i can get all of that done at the beginning and i don't have to stop halfway through and then make something because usually i'm working against the light so i I start as soon as there's natural light and I keep going for as long as I can. And then I edit in the evening. Uh, okay. Oh, that's cool. Now, where did this particular story come from? What made you conceive? So this the, so the, um, the she left me story. Usually my ideas just come out of the blue randomly um 
I've always got lots of different ideas for stories that I want to write. And I think maybe this one was probably relating to um, just wanting to have some, something funny because I like making funny stories. Um, I don't I don't actually remember how I had the idea. I just had the idea and I quickly wrote it down in my phone and then I did the storyboard for it um, to see what it would look like because it was just all in my head. So I, I got it down quickly on paper. Um, but yeah, I don't think there was a specific thing that made me think, oh, let me write about that. I just, the idea just popped into my head and I wrote it down okay. quickly. I was wondering if you'd been jilted by a fox in the past, you know, something like that, you know what I mean? But, um, <laughs> no, that's cool. <laughs> that, no, I question is, I've, been, I've been followed by foxes. <laughs> Can a fox really bite through a Kevlar vest? That's the question everyone wants to know. Well, um, <laughs> they, they must be able to because my foxes said they could. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one way to find out. <laughs> You're going to have to go and put on a Kevlar vest and find a vicious fox <laughs> to attack I'm sure, you. I'm not sure I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure if you know if you found like a a rabid fox <laughs> you'd have the opportunity all right uh yeah maybe a nighttime mission i don't know stay tuned people <laughs> oh ah oh dear oh dear god damn you wi-fi it's just really killing the flow but hey it's fun right people this is fun and um yeah young mitchell is interesting it's interesting to learn this process because you don't always think about this and we've had a lot of you know live action peoples up talking about their films so we get to talk about a little something different a different media and that is always fun so um Hopefully we should have her unfreeze again shortly and we can find out about some other stuff. Uh, but um, yeah, she's gone. It's crashed. Let's see if we can continue this. If not, still interesting. All right, people, stay tuned. And we are back. Ha <laughs> ha. We weren't going to leave you hanging, people. So, yeah, you know, we got Charmaine Mitchell talking about her short film, She Left Me. <laughs> so you you created this. Now, did you create the music to go with it or was that? Yes. Yeah, I did. So um, I used an app, another free app called BandLab. And you can download that as well. Um, and it basically lets you kind of like make mixes. And um, there's lots of different kinds of genres that you can use. And I just found like a, a garage one and added all the little different effects. And then I made the, the theme tune to it as well. Ah, okay. That's cool. That's cool. And... um. What made you think that the foxes were 
Down with a little rough lover's rock. Why lover's rock? That was completely random. I just feel it would be funnier if I chose her and made them really into um, something something that I didn't think people would expect. Um, so like if you're, if you're in a barn somewhere in the countryside, you wouldn't expect to hear Sarah Simon. <laughs> Not really, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's cool. I just went for something unexpected. Right, right, right. And how long did it take to write the, uh, you know, the, the kind of poem around it all? Um, not very long, probably half an hour, half an hour to an hour took me to write it. Because um, I usually write a lot of poetry, so poetry, songs, same thing to me. Anything that rhymes, like poetry. So I just wrote it very quickly in my phone. Hmm. Cool. And so when you're creating something like this, right, when do you when do you kind of feel in yourself that all right, this is it, I'm done. You know, because busy stop motion, it's it's harder to go in and edit and all of that kind of thing. So, you know, I mean, how do you get to that point where you'd be like, all right, no, this is it. So that, that's mainly what I use. That's, that's mainly what I use the storyboard for, so that I know exactly what frames and what scenes I want to do. Um, if I didn't do the storyboard, I'd probably get carried away and go off on a tangent and add too many things. But sometimes I add more than what I need, and then I just edit out whole sections um, that don't really fit with the, whatever I have at the end. Um, so definitely having a storyboard helps me to helps to rein me in so that I know what I want for the overall thing. Mm -hmm. All right, no, that's that's cool, man. That's cool. So you know, you you've had this drop at Rain Dance, which is pretty huge. I mean, how did that come about? So the you know the month before. I found that there was an open mic film night, which I'd never heard of before. And it's called Kino Short Film. And it was uh, somewhere near Angel Islington. They, um, they do open mic film night. And so I thought I might as well try and submit one of my um, stop motion videos to it and see if they would accept it. And they did. And then they screened it at one of those and other um, short filmmakers also submit those to that. Um, I don't think there wasn't another stop motion film. Um, and basically from there, at the end of that, they, they said that you can submit your film for Raindance as well. And there were some other film festivals that you could submit your film for as well. I think they, they select people um, for their favourite their favorite film for the People's Film Festival, I think. But, um, I thought, well, why don't I put mine forward for the Rain Dance Film Festival as well? And I think it was basically first come, first serve, so anyone could submit their film, as long as it was under five minutes long. And my film is four minutes and 56 seconds, so it was just about within the time. And so I submitted it and got on to Rain Dance Film Festival. So 
pretty much anyone who had submitted who had a film that was under five minutes that wasn't like too controversial, I guess, would have been able to get their film on there. So. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. So, you know, now you've had this experience with, um, you know, like your your film, like where do you go mm-hmm. from here? You know, have you got it in other festivals? Or have you got other ideas? You know, what's next? Oh, I'd, I'd like to submit for other festivals. Um, I think I'm signed up for um, for something that, that like lets me know when other festivals are happening. But most of them, you have to you have to pay to submit, <laughs> and there's no guarantee that your film is going to get shown, um, or they're in other countries, and you have to be there to um, introduce a film and I can't do that. Um, but I am looking for other opportunities to submit. Um, but I want I want to submit other films, not the same one all the time. Mm. Um, and I also want to make more films as well. So I need to make time to do that as well. But yeah, I'd like to submit some more films to other festivals and competitions or whatever. Okay, and stop motion or are you gonna try any other media? Like, what are you thinking? Um, for the moment, stop motion. Um, I haven't tried any other kind of um, film, but maybe who knows? I don't. I don't. I don't really um, have any skills in like normal filmmaking. So I guess you know it, it's just like you point the camera at something and see what happens. <laughs> the same way that I did stop stop motion. I think it's more. To me, what's more important is the story writing and the ideas rather than like the quality of what the film looks like. And that's why stop motion is good for me because um, it kind of it looks very amateur and it's supposed to look amateur because that makes it funnier. Um, I don't get everything exactly right. There are sometimes things in the background that are moving that are not supposed to be moving because I've moved it with my hand between each frame. Um, so I'm a little bit... Um, messy in that sense but i think it adds to the comedic factor of what i'm doing Mm. yeah no for sure for sure i do know early next year i think it might be in may there's gonna be the next sci-fi london and they do a 48 hour film challenge where they give you an idea or i think it's maybe an idea or a word and then you make a film over the weekend with that yeah. and that could be fun that could be fun in may sci-fi what is it was called the sci-fi it's sci-fi london sci-fi london so does yeah. that mean it, it's science fiction it's science fiction related yes okay <laughs> yes or, or but sci-fi is everything right so it can be real world shit you know what I mean? Like you could take a Tesla and put foxes in it, or oh, whatever, whatever. It doesn't have to be fantasy. I fan- find the Tesla. Or <laughs> <laughs> maybe like make a plasticine Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's an option, right? <laughs> um, I one thing I'm interested about, right? So this, you did this course last year. So, yeah, so this whole thing kind of came from, you know, out of lockdown. You you took that situation and then, yeah, you know, you decided to upskill yourself. 
So, yeah, I did make fun before the lockdown, but they were extremely short and they were like experimental with like little plastic characters just to see what I could do. But I started making the proper films um, with with the processing characters during the lockdown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because it is a, it's a happy film. You know, uh, there's a, a moment of shock and sadness, but it's happy. Like, and was that due to, you know, like trying to lift spirits during lockdown? Or is that just, you know, the way you like to go with your your stuff? I think in general, I like writing stories that are funny. Um, usually the things that are in my head are always weird and random and funny. Wait, you, let, me just stop, let me just stop you right there, right? You say you like to make things funny, right? Mm-hmm. So you say it's funny for a poor fox to think that his wife and kids have left him? That's yeah. funny to you? Of course, of course. Oh, my God. <laughs> he, he, um, he overreacts um, <laughs> and gets things wrong and is a bit silly. So the, the red fox is just a, a silly kind of character and the orange fox is like not voice of reason but just like listening to his silly friend and like ah, silly fox kind of thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the, some of the, uh, the first episode that I made was kind of the same where the, the red fox is just a bit showing how silly he is and the orange fox is just losing his patience and um, so I kind of have that as a theme. Uh-huh. All right. I mean, that's cool. And you mentioned that you write poetry, right? Yeah. So is that more of the same kind of thing? Do you kind of, is a humorous tilt in all your kind of stuff, would you say? Um, no, not the poetry. So I, I do write some funny poems, but not that many. Um, I, yeah, I have some, but most of my poetry is it's about anything and everything. So funny things, happy things, bad things, random things. It's, it's not necessarily funny, but I do have some funny poems. Okay, and you're, you know, it does seem that you're a, a creative person. So where do you you know where do you find that inspiration what kind of gives you that little burst to think all right that's an idea let me let me do this um i think as i said earlier i just have lots of weird random ideas in my head and usually they just stay in my head and no one else gets to know so i probably would have had the idea about the boxes at some point and if I didn't make them into a stop motion video no one would know about them except me. Um, I don't know I just have really I have a very vivid imagination um, I've always been really creative and I like writing stories um, uh, especially stories about animals I just have very I have a, um, an unconventional sense of humour I think um, I'll talk about things that I like at work and my colleagues will, will look at me and think, 
how did you come up with that? I just have a very weird sense of humor. <laughs> and has that always been the case, even as a little kid, for always creative, looking for those ideas? Yeah, when I was a child, I used to I used to write a lot of stories. Um, actually, I I was really bad at making things with my hands. So, like in design technology, um, I remember there was a lesson where we all had to make a cube out of MDF um, pieces of wood, and I was the only person who couldn't make it <laughs> because I cut the pieces of wood even too small, or too long. <laughs> it was a disaster. Um, but I do remember making a clay dinosaur when I was in primary school, and I was very proud of that until its head fell off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what kind of dinosaur? It was a brontosaurus. Uh, it had okay. a really long neck. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> See, I was always a fan of the triceratops. That was that was my dream. I think that was probably too difficult for me to make. <laughs> The bondosaurus was just easy. You just have like a massive lump of clay and then you just make legs and the long neck. And I still managed to, to mess up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like making things. I'm just, I'm not always good at making them perfectly. So like I have, I have the fox here. Here's the orange fox. Ah. Um, there we go. It's got nice. lots of imperfections. And at the moment, the plastic beam is just really hard, so I can't move the tail, or otherwise it will just break off. If I try and move the head, it will just break off. So mm. I just have to move them literally like this. <laughs> <laughs> but let, let's be real. I, I don't think anyone would pick up on the imperfections on the fox. You know, like I didn't, but to be honest, I am not a very good barometer because I can't see for shit. So maybe it's obvious to everyone else, but I saw no imperfections on the box. But, but this is why it works in my favour, because when it's a comedy, if things don't look perfect, then it makes it even funnier. So if the foxes look really bad, it, looks, it makes it even funnier. So the worse my foxes look, the more comedic it is and the more it will make people laugh. But at the moment, the, the red one doesn't have any eyes and its body is really beaten up. So it looks like he's been through the wars a bit, which to me is even funnier. If I had a perfect looking fox, then I don't know, the expectation would be that it's always going to look perfect and I can't make it look perfect all the time because the longer I have it like this, the worse it's going to look. So after probably like 10 episodes, it's gonna look disgusting <laughs> but it's gonna look funnier <laughs> i mean it, it looks funnier but then there is also you know the the, the accusations people be making that you know there's some space fox or abuse going on right so there's a little bit of fox abuse going on because um <laughs> when i put the red one's eyes in the only way that i can move its eyes is if I use like a toothpick because there's a hole in the black dot where the black dots are right, and I right. use a toothpick to to manipulate the eyes like that so it actually looks like I'm I'm hurting them <laughs> <laughs> if it was a real thing <laughs> it wouldn't it would look like I was torturing it uh, um, uh, I have I, I have made like a little stop motion video of it of where it looks like I'm torturing them <laughs> 
Okay. Because um, there, there have been tails all over the time. <laughs> and I have to like, put them back together again. <laughs> but I, I do find, though, imperfection adds character to things. Because when you Definitely. look at stuff, right, I, I always use for an example music, because mm-hmm. you have people like Karen O, you know, um, you've got uh, Jack White, you know, just for examples, their voices. I, I don't know aren't... any of those artists, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, that's the end of the podcast, people. We out. Boom. I'm really no. bad. I'm really right. bad Karen, with like contemporary Karen musicians. O is the lead singer of Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's, and Jack White is White Stripes, classic, raconteurs, dead weather. He's got a solo I've, I've never heard of any of these before, I'm sorry. <laughs> my days. But, I I'll, mean, I'll you... pretend I know exactly who they are. Yeah, <laughs> but you, I mean, you can use so many different examples, though, right? So many different examples of singers, rappers, you know, whatever it is, with voices that aren't necessarily conventional. Mm-hmm. And I think mean, you see all, like, all these singing programs, all these singing programs, and they want people with a particular sound, right? Mm-hmm. And these people, if Jack White, if anyone like that went on that, they wouldn't get through, right? And that's the thing, because people that come out of a lot of those competitions, you couldn't pick out of a singing booth. Right, you wouldn't be like, oh, who is that? So it's the imperfection that makes someone stand out that adds that character to it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it makes, it makes things more interesting. Yeah, exactly. And unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Which is also <laughs> what I like in my stories. I try to make them unpredictable. Uh-huh. Now, do you ever? use you know as I said life experience to you know tell stories and things like that you know for if it poems films whatever whatever um well I know there are stop motion films for foxes about about Nightmare Carnival um last year when when the carnival didn't go ahead. So I kind of like live in that area and I go to the carnival every year. So I guess maybe that was uh, related to something that I would do. Um, but otherwise, no. I, I prefer to like make things that are kind of weird and wacky and not at all related to like normal my normal life. Like I, I don't, I don't have, I don't think I have anything in common with boxes. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. So you've not um, danced around your handbag but... at a lover's rock, you? Um, well, probably, probably, probably the kind of music that my parents would have listened to. So yeah, I would have probably heard it a lot when I was younger. Um, so yeah, but I do, my, the poetry that I write, um, sometimes it's relating to like things that I've seen, things that I've done, things that I've heard. Maybe that's a little bit more personal sometimes, but not all the time. Okay. And um, I do believe you dropped a book last year. It was a busy 2020 for you, Mitchell. It wasn't last year. It was actually in August of this year. August this year? It was my book. Boom. <laughs> trying to get it in line. There we go. Be the Uplifter. Positive Poems by me, Charlie Mitchell. 
it's available, it's available on Amazon, um, even paperback, or you can get the Kindle version as well, the ebook. Um, is there an audio version? There is not an audio version, <sighs> but I would like to make an audio version. Um, but I, I just haven't got around to doing that yet. God damn it, Mitchell. God damn it. <laughs> Soon. It's, it's on my list of things to do. I don't know when I'll get around to doing it, but we'll see. Okay. All right. And, um, yo, so what brought that about? Um, so I thought I've written a lot of poems in... April of 2017, I started a daily challenge to make one creative thing every day. And it started off with pieces of art, like drawing, painting something, um, making something. I also make jewelry. Um, and then I incorporated poems as well. And then it just turned into mainly writing poems. And I was doing that every day, creating one new piece of something creative until the end of last year 2020 and then I just thought I've got all of these poems might as well do something with them so I started um, trying to collect them all together and seeing which ones fit together the best and I wanted to put all the positive ones together first so I started going through the hundreds of poems and picking out all the positive ones and then I put them into this book um, and I'm gonna uh, publish another one um not quite sure yet when but i'm still in the process of putting together poems for that one I need to write some new poems i think for that one okay so like be the uplifter mm -hmm. right so i'm feeling that the yeah you're going for that positive vibe right yep, and definitely. why you know what i mean like why do you think people will, you know, find that positivity in in these? Sorry, say that last bit again. Like, you know, what? Why do you think people will find the positivity in these poems? What is it about the poems that you think speak to, you know, that um, thing in people? I think they're motivating and um inspirational and um, so if um if anyone's been feeling down which i'm sure people have been during the lockdown when everyone was isolated not really getting to see family or friends work colleagues um and i thought putting together poems that have uh, like a positive feel good kind of message um that were inspirational would uplift people um, so I, I looked for all the poems that had the most uplifting content and I mean they uplift me so I thought they uplift me maybe they'll uplift other people as well um, and sharing is caring <laughs> so I thought I might as well give it a go. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. I mean yeah I, I think people to find positivity in a whole whole lot of different things right so uh, mm -hmm. you know it's nice to have different avenues in which you can which you can go you know there's 
so only so much David Goggins you can digest without feeling inferior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's difficult to watch what he does and and not feel terrible about yourself. <laughs> You're never doing enough. You're never doing what David's doing. <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> so, like, what's the reception to the book been? Um, <clears throat> I'd probably say it's mainly friends and family that are buying it <laughs> because I self-published it. All right. I um, mean, you didn't have to say that. Like, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, I'm honest. I'm completely <laughs> honest, but I'm not under any illusion. I mean, I know there are people that I don't know who have bought the book, definitely. Um, but friends and family have been supporting and um it's going okay i mean depending on whether i go to uh, promote it at like poetry night or different events um then i'll see like a spike in maybe people buying a few copies um at the moment because i haven't really done much in the last few weeks nothing is happening but that doesn't mean that it's always going to be like that um, I just need to do more in promoting it, basically, because I don't have Penguin or one of the big publishers behind me throwing money at it. <laughs> I just basically have to find all of the events to go to to promote the book. But I keep a copy with me at all times, and um, if I see people who are like influential in poetry or, or publishing or anything like that, I like give them a copy. So I gave a copy to Benjamin Zephaniah when I saw him in September. Um, not, that, not that I'm expecting that people that I give it to will do anything with it, but you never know. You never know what will happen. <laughs> and um, I wanted to send a copy to Oprah, but I can't, I can't figure out where to send it to. <laughs> to. To someone who will actually open it and like give it to her and not just like chuck it in a pile of rubbish. <laughs> Yeah, I think we can work that out. That, 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 that's something that can get worked out. It's cool. But um, why should people check it? That's the question, okay. kid. What's the USP about? Well, what's the USP about the book, the film about Shame Mitchell? Why? Sh why mm. should people follow you and um, ingest your creativity? Why? So the book, because it's not just poetry, there's a lot of art on every single page. There's illustrations, which I drew by hand. Um, and these were all drawn during the daily challenge. Don't know how well you can see that. Okay, now that's showing up. So I incorporated these that I had done during the daily challenge because I wanted to make it visually appealing as well, as well as the words being positive as well. Um, so I guess that's the USP. I think a lot of poetry books that are written now, they have like maybe a tiny little drawing in a corner, but these are really detailed and they were all done with love and care and attention. <laughs> so it's visually appealing as well as um, a good read. And the USP of my stop motion videos is that I don't have any film training at all. I taught myself to do these, aside from the, the workshop from last year, I taught myself how to make the stop motion videos by watching YouTube and um, watching my friend's nephew's videos. 
which I did not plagiarize. <laughs> um, uh, what else is my USB? I'm just, I don't know, I just like doing the things that make me happy. I make jewelry as well. Um, or make stuff. My USB make is stuff. I just, is it, did you just say, I make stuff? Stuff. 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 Yeah. I mean, I mean a little elaboration, stuff. you know what I mean? It's just like, I make stuff. That's not selling <laughs> yourself, Mitchell. Come on, step yeah, it up. I make interesting, exciting things because I have a lot of patience. And I think most people, they spend, they don't spend their weekend crafting a box. <laughs> do they? Not most adults, maybe children do. I think maybe um, my sense of fun is very childlike. And... I'm not I'm not like embarrassed to like make things like this and present them in front of rain dance and say I spent hours making this. Whereas I think other adults would be like, oh my god, that's so pathetic, something like that. I don't mind. If I like it, I do it. And if I find it funny, I do it. Um and if I want to write poetry, I write poetry. That's my USP. I just do the things that I like to do. And if someone else finds it funny or entertaining or exciting or inspiring or uplifting, then they can also share from that. Okay. I think that's good enough, people, right? Yeah. Better be and... good enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the fucks came out, people. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. All right. So, where can people? Keep track of what you're doing. Um, I have a website, which is www.sharmimitchell.com. It's just my name, and there is my name. Okay. <laughs> I mean, do I, I, I do feel the www is implied. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so on my website, you can, you can read about all of the creative stuff I'm doing. Um, I update like events that I'm going to be going to. There's an event in December that I'm going to be screening my uh, my stop motion film in film app. It's, it's actually a poetry event, but they are also incorporating my my film in there as well. And it's going to be at Penge Theatre on the honestly say December the fourth. It's on a Saturday. I think it's the first or second December. So I'm going to update my website with that. Um, yeah, so you can find all information on the website. Cool. But December the 4th is the next opportunity to view She Left Me. Yes, unless you want to go onto my YouTube channel, which is uh, Stop It Charme, and you can watch all of my stop motion videos there. So the foxes, the, the dinosaur wrap, the, the seahorse, Pushing out babies, um, <laughs> one of them. <laughs> you can enjoy them all and like them and share them and comment on them because no one's watching them. <laughs> Some of them have zero views, <laughs> so I need some views. <laughs> and subscribers, too. The more subscribers I get, the more the more incentive to make more videos. Oh no, not really. I will make videos when I want to make videos. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear. People, people, go show Charmaine some love 
watch the videos, share them, go check out the poetry book. You know what I mean? Bring some positivity into your life. If you want to see more stories of red and orange, red and orange? Yeah, they don't actually have names, but I just call them red bots and orange bots. Okay. Well, there you have it. If you want more stories about the foxes, hit her up. You know what I mean? And we'll see if we can get those done. Charmaine Mitchell, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for asking me questions. <laughs> well, people, I hope you are uplifted. That was the extremely talented Charmaine Mitchell. As I said, go check out the stuff. She's got the film that premiered at Raindance. How about that? How about that, people? Book, all those things. Go check her out. And, uh, yeah, we will be back. All right. Peace. Okay, people. So there you go. That is <laughs> my truncated rain dance film festival. You know what I mean? Definitely two differing films. You know what I mean? Um, but that's a good thing. You know what I mean? It is good to check out different stuff and see what emotions those involve, right? And then we had Charmaine. Now, yes, Wi-Fi was not good. <laughs> you know what I mean? She had a little issue, wires and all of that. But I feel we made it work, right? I, I think after that, you yeah, got a nice sense of who Charmaine Mitchell is, you know, hopefully. So go follow her and, um, you know, check out all the stuff she's doing, you know what I mean? I think, uh, yeah, a little positivity, um, you know, but people, people can do with that in their lives, you know? But, yeah, people next year, we'll have a better handle on this stuff and we'll bring you a better rain dance. But, hey, hope you enjoyed it. And uh, remember, we've got a whole heap of other stuff, man. So go check out last week's Echo Chamber, Echoes from the Void, all that good stuff. And I, I yeah, Chin Check is coming back, people. So don't worry. 